You are listening to Exquisite Conversations, hosted by Kim. Regina, <laughs> I feel like we are, we talk so much to where it's like, it doesn't even seem like I've interviewed you and we've, you know, been a part of so many different things together. So it's hard to keep up, but I'm so glad you are here for another episode of Exquisite Conversations. Um, I'm always grateful because you are such an important figure in Charleston with everything that you do and how amazing you are. I know you're in high demand, so anytime you make time for me, I definitely appreciate it. And yeah, how are you? How's everything going? Everything's going good, going good. Uh, Taking it one day at a time. Pandemic has been hard, you know. I'm a social butterfly, so uh, being what you can say locked down and you know sitting still has been new to me. <laughs> uh, but I still was able to do <laughs> a lot of stuff. But of course, you know, with social distancing and making sure that I'm masked properly, and um, yeah, just a new thing a new thing right now. Oh, no, I totally can understand that because um, I'm used to events and being able to move around and, you know, being able to sneeze in the store and have people say bless you and not look at you like they want to, like, throw you out of the store. <laughs> yeah, there's no more sneezing or coughing on the planet Earth no more. So. <laughs> exactly, especially now with Paula and everything. It gets people right. harder. So I just be, I just walk in the store and I move real quick because I'm like, Lord, if I sneeze, if I cough, or if I even look like I'm about to, I feel like these people will all come together and <laughs> put me out of the store. So I'm definitely, um, definitely feeling you on that. Um, and I know you've been keeping busy with everything that you've been doing with Charleston Black Pride. Um, and I know, you know, everyone knows you for your poetry, your community activism, but, you know, a lot of people don't know that you are the founder and head honcho behind Charleston Black Pride. And I know we've talked about it millions of times, and I love everything that you guys are doing. So for anyone that's listening, tell them about Charleston Black, Black Pride and what it is and what you guys do exactly. Okay, so we was established in 2019, um, nonprofit organization, but we're under the um, financial advisory of the Alliance for Full Acceptance. We're an LGBTQIA um, organization for people of color. Um, basically, we wanted to make sure that we had um, a space where we can amplify um, our voices for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we wanted to make sure that we were able to educate, inspire, um, just help and improve and celebrate people of color who are LGBTQ here in the city of Charleston. Um, we always make sure that whatever events that we're doing is based and geared around empowerment, advocacy, uh, health and wellness, social engagement, education, spirituality, financial literacy, building more partnerships with other organizations, helping our youth adults and our elderly in the Charleston area. Um, any way that we can cultivate, support, and increase awareness um, of diversity in LGBTQ plus uh, people of color and our allies, we are just here to service that our community. Okay. Um, I think that is amazing and definitely in a time now where 
more and more people um, of, you know, LGBTQ background are, you know, unfortunate victims of uh, crazy crimes and situations. I think organizations like yours are so important, um, especially in Charleston, because, you know, Charleston is, <laughs> and I know you're not from Charleston, but I know you've experienced you know, the foolishness in Charleston firsthand. Um, and I know from your experiences, you know, being, you know, of course, someone of the LGBTQ community and of color, like, and trying to find that awareness and find that home and that space for yourself here in Charleston, like, you know, it was, you found one, but it wasn't necessarily like, you know, the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about that experience and just, you know, being why you felt like in Charleston, you know, having an organization like this was so important. One, um, like I, uh, 10 years ago, I came from Brooklyn, New York to Charleston, and I just wanted to, you know, find something that was relative to me. Um, being an openly um, lesbian woman, black lesbian woman, I just felt like um, I know that it was more of us out there. And so when I first started, coming and looking for the LGBTQ scene, um, I noticed that there was very few bars and restaurants or just a social uh, atmosphere because coming from New York, you know, it was easy for me to find more spaces, queer spaces. So when I did find um, a queer space, um, it was it was fun, and I, I saw a lot of people of color, but it was just in a small little tight location in North Charleston, and I was just like, you know, talking to people and stuff like that, and it was like, yeah, you know, we have Charleston pride, but, you know, we still don't feel too, you know, like, like it's all inclusive. So um, I went to a meeting, and I, you know, spoke with the board, and at the time I just told them that, um, well, let me get an application, you know, because I'm a, I'm not a talk, I'm a doer. So right there, I filled out the application, and by the end of the night, it was emailed to them with my resume and ready for me to be uh, voted in as a board member. So I was a board member for about a year and a half, um, started as an at-large member to their secretary, and then um, I noticed that, they, I, that I'm representing the people of color, LGBTQ. So if I'm like one of the first on that board um, and they're like nine years um, in fruition, I was just like there should be so much more being done. And I just felt that with different uh, leadership that it didn't happen the way that I was uh, visioning. So envisioning, so it was like I needed to leave because I felt that if I'm going to be at any tables, my ideas for this for our community needs to be um, granted, you know, and I need to see diversity and inclusion. And I really wasn't, you know. Um, I saw it in entertainment or I saw it, you know, just, um, you know, in in just that limited realm, and I felt like, um, you know, we may do poetry night, you know, but that was something I added on. Um, but as far as anything else, I just felt like um, there was so much more to offer, and I felt that the people of color was not really coming out as largely, um, I guess, because representation matters, you know. 
And um, yeah, I feel that people don't, you know, if they didn't feel it, they wouldn't, they wouldn't come. So I was just like, you know what, it's time for me to um, build my own table. And so I had a meeting uh, with like-minded individuals, and they were interested, and it grew from maybe 12 people sitting at a table to two people coming really close, and then um, just growing the board to now we have seven members, so um, board members. So just because I saw a need, and I noticed that uh, Charleston, you know, like I said, I'm here. I knew that there were others and found out there was, but they just needed to know that they were being represented. I definitely agree. Um, you know, when I was when it comes to representation, it's so important. And even you know, seeing it from the outside looking in, like there really wasn't you know with the organizations here in Charleston, you know, there really wasn't any representation of diverse people, you know, representing the LGBTQ community. So it was kind of confusing. And I remember when you first um, told me about wanting to start this organization and just the pushback that you got. It was surprising. And even when I think about, you know, how the, the difficulties and the struggles that, you know, LGBTQ people of color go through on a larger scale, you know, it's like we we contribute so much to cultures and communities and whatnot, you know, um, when it comes to fashion, when it comes to uh, social media, social culture and things like that. And it's like, how is it a problem whenever we want to be represented correctly? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, I, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I've never really understood that, and it, and it's always been like a a major like you know, I, as someone on the outside looking in, you know, it's always been something very confusing. It's like, well, how can you take you know all of the things that I have to offer and that I poured into the community, but you don't want to take me or you know, make me a face or make me feel welcome in any kind of way. So I definitely understand where you're coming from as far as um, proper representation, you know. Um, so what exactly, when it comes to your organization and what you guys offer, um, what are the, you know, if I'm someone new to the area, you know, similar to how you were new to the area, looking for a positive space where I can be able to feel safe, feel welcome, you know, what is it that you offer to people of color exactly um, when they're, you know, wanting to join your organization or wanting to be a part of it? What exactly, what, what do you guys offer any specific kind of services or things like that or cater yeah, to any so, special, um, you know, special cases or whatnot? Yeah, so what we basically do is um, they can sign up on our webpage. They'll get linked into our Facebook pages. We have a uh, support group that, you know, um, basically every one of the letters, they can be able to get some supports. Um, we link them to other organizations, like if they need HIV AIDS um, supports, um, things like that. If they're with youth, we have a um, reach out to We Are Family to get them youth services. Um, now, we have social events and educational events. So, they'll you know, throughout the year, and um, we give them, a, like, because of COVID, we've been, um, haven't had a solid uh, calendar, but we do make sure that it's within a month out so that people have time to plan and organize and be able to come out and support. We just finished our um, pageant that we had, and the Mr. and Miss 
um, Charleston. So we have a royal court representation um, for Charleston so that they'll go out and, um, you know, represent and speak as an ambassador of our organization in um, other cities. So that was something new that we wanted to make sure that we had representation that because we've been asked to go to different cities and um, I've spoken on different panels, some of my board members, you know, so now we are able to have um, a royal court that can really, you know, speak on that. And, um, you know, they take care of whichever aspect, like uh, empowerment, um, let them know about, what we try to do, we have a home buyers um, link in. So we work with another, so what we do is work with a lot of other organizations that are willing to partner with LGBTQ um, individuals so that they don't feel that they don't have any resources. So we're kind of like that one-stop shop, and you come to us and we'll niche work you in to get the services that you are asking. And... Um, that's basically how we've been running it, you know. Um, COVID really hit us, so we started even with doing blood drives in the community. We've had a back-to-school drive. We've had a food um, pantry and a food drive. So, you know, we're just trying to help the community as much as possible, working on financial literacy classes, um, I mean, everything that you can think of possible that people in general would need assistance with is what we offer, and we link them to other organizations that partner with us. Okay. Um, now, I'm gonna, my next question, I'm curious, um, because I know there's still, you know, so much, you know, that the community feels like they don't under, you know, outside of the LGBT community, you know, there's so much that I personally feel like the rest of the world doesn't know and doesn't understand, you know, about the LGBT community. And it's not to say that I, I feel like I'm a part of that. You know, just when I look at things like the news, you know, how, you know, people of color in the LGBT community are treated. Um, so how do you, how do you guys deal with um, when you come across people that, just are misinformed, miseducated? Do you guys offer, like, classes or opportunities for them to learn and to understand, like, the culture? Or are your, all of the events just kind of open for people to come out and just kind of experience and learn for themselves? Which, a, do you guys a have a preference of – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're good. It's a mixture of everything you just mentioned. Um, you just said. So we do have material when you come to the events. We also link up with AFLA, the Alliance for Full Acceptance, and we cover panels with them, and they also provide um, resources. So we link in with AFLA, you know, um, and so we'll have seminars, they'll have we'll, um, trainings, and, you know, you can get more acclimated of what the LGBTQ community stands for, um, how we can better educate you. Um, speaking with our board members individually, that gives you, I feel that the only way that you can really understand someone, you have to have conversations with them. So they're always open and willing, you know, to answer any questions as long as it's in a respectful manner. 
Um, but we try to make sure that every event that we're hosting, that there are brochures out so that anyone that's, you know, unfamiliar with the terminology, the correct use of pronouns, um, it's, it's, it's readily available to them. Okay, awesome. Because I think that's very important for, you know, people out there that want to learn and want to understand and don't just want to be ignorant or don't want to walk around misinformed, for them to know and for them to understand, you know, the LGBTQ experience as a whole and, you know, what what kind of support your community, you know, the community needs as a whole, you know. Um, how do you guys, um, you know, because I know, unfortunately, especially with, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, members of the community, you know, that are in transition and whatnot, going from female to male and male to female, you know, we see so many deaths, you know, people murdered, you know, every other week or every other month, it's like someone else is being murdered, someone else is being attacked or, you know, put into these unfortunate situations. Um, How do you, you know, as someone with an organization, you know, designed to be able to, you know, address these things, like how do you guys, how do you personally feel about, you know, the numbers continuing to rise, and then how do you hope that uh, Charleston Black Pride can be able to kind of step in and, you know, be able to change that? <laughs> I was trying to look for a thing of a different no, word. No, you're right. Uh, my thing is advocate. We have to, um, I, I advocate. So therefore, uh, speaking out at um, if we have to have protests, we have to speak to our legislation. That's the best way, I feel, or getting voted in. So I've ran for several offices, and I will continue to run until I am at the table because that's the way we make change. Um, but we support organizations that are on grassroots and on the ground and make sure that our agenda is on their agenda. So... Um, making sure that we are available and if like right now we're going through with trying to get this hate crime bill passed and before they went with um, taking out, this was more than a week ago, um, taking out sexual orientation and uh, gender identity and we fought with, you know, after us fought, we wrote letters, we I got in contact with um, a house representative um, and just spoke to them about the importance of making sure that is a part of the bill. So five days later, it did get back tabled. So tomorrow, actually, they will be voting on um, that bill, and we're hoping that it is passed with all the terminologies that needs to be. Uh, one of our board members, she is a uh, lawyer and attorney, so she works with lobbying. Um, making sure that the um, right wordings are in these bills. So behind the scenes, we do have um, someone who's taking, uh, you know, a step from our board that's taking care of the legal aspects of things that goes on because that is how we're going to help our community. You know, when we're able to partner with North Charleston and Charleston Police Department um, and their mayors, and if we have to go to city council, just to make sure that there are safety measures in place in these cities because of where our people actually live and whom we service. So um, I'm thankful for being able to have the voice and not being um, unable and not willing to speak out. And whenever there is an opportunity, 
Um, I've spoken on a podcast last week um, out of Baltimore because they really want to help and find out what can they do to partner with LGBTQ organizations, especially those of color, um, because they know that we need help here in um, Charleston, South Carolina. And they know that, um, you know, that we've had three murders in South Carolina within two years. You know, we've had vigils, but we're tired of having vigils. You know, we want to have some celebration. We want to have some uh, support and empowerment, and we want to see our black community alone support us and stand by us. You know, so when all the protests and things were going on during George Floyd, you know, we stood with our, because we're black first. We stood, but then there was a lot of pushback, you know, about us, some with some people about the LGBTQ uh, or Black Lives Matter and this, the, the founders and, you know, and things like that. And I said, we can't be separate and fighting for equality for all. Very so, true. you know, we have to be together. We have to stand together on these issues because we are black, you know, and um, that's just some of my stance that I feel that when we come together as a collective community, regardless of if someone is LGBTQ representation or, you know, certain religious backgrounds or whatever cases or non-religious, we have to come together because we are black, and that's where we stand first. Very, very true. You make a very valid point. So I, I loved everything that you said. I'm just sitting here like, <laughs> like going to church right now because everything that you said is so very true. Like, you know, I, I'm hoping that with the increase of organizations like yours, like we can see, you know, city government and city officials stepping up more on behalf of, you know, the LGBT community to address these matters and actually doing something about it. And it starts with legislation. It starts with acknowledgement. It starts with, you know, taking, you know, the whole matter seriously because just because I'm, you know, a person is LGBTQ doesn't, you know, make their murder or death any less important than, you know, someone else's. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, so definitely, I, I love all of that. It makes me feel so great knowing that your organization is on it. You out here and you're killing it. But I mean, you're a Gina Mocha, so I mean, <laughs> what can you expect for greatness from you? <laughs> and I have a team that is wonderful. You know, um, well equipped, educated, um, willing to be out there on the front line um, and behind the scenes because you need that too. So it's it's great to find individuals that are ready, you know, and want to make a difference and make change. Like, this is the grassroots. We're the beginning. So I see in 10 years, you know, when someone looks back and say, wow, I remember when Charleston Black Pride was starting, excuse me, and they came out full throttle. They was not taking no shorts, you know. They were letting people know that they are here and they were here to make change. You know, we were here to not have any more silence within our community. We want to share our stories. We want to amplify our voices. We want to live in an equal world, an equal society. So you got to put the work in. Very, very true. So um, how? tell us again how people can be able to support your organization. How can we make donations? Tell us what you got coming up next. 
all of that fun stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, charlestonblackpride.org. We have a donation link on the page. Please, I mean, $5, $2, $20, thousands of dollars. I mean, because my thing is, if you look at it, we are helping so many people in our community that have been underrepresented for so long. And they need resources just like anyone else. During this COVID has really shown that this group, these groups of people have not been supported, have not gotten the help that they should have. And not only to be black and LGBTQ, that's already two, three, or four strikes when people just keep on going against each other. And we feel like, well, how can we stop that? How can we get people the support they need? And it's going to take funding. And even with us doing any kind of uh, social events or educational events, um, it costs because we're trying to get spaces. We're trying to make sure that we have PPEs there. You know, we just want to make sure safety as well. So any donation is always welcome. Um, we also have sponsorship package if they reach out to us. And, you know, they're more than welcome to, uh, you know, take on one of the sponsorship packages so they can be more connected with the organization. Um, reaching out to any of the board members, please do. Um, the next event we are working on, because our two-year anniversary will be Halloween weekend, um, so we're working on that. Um, before that, we're partnering up with Park Circle, um, so should be a June event. We're getting dates and stuff solidified. So, um, and then we're, of course, going to be uh, outreaching to other black prides and other cities. Um, I've been asked to come to um, Little Rock, Arkansas in um, July. Um, the ending of July to fellowship with them, and they want me to do a woman's empowerment of a lesbian training. So I told them, sure, you know. So, you know, whenever they're speaking engagements, we're working on it. We're there. Um, and then just however we can help uplift and build um, the community even while during, while during COVID. So we're here. Okay, awesome. Well, Gina, it has been, it's always a pleasure <laughs> to be able to talk to you and pick your brain and learn from you. Um, I definitely encourage anybody listening to um, take advantage of the resource uh, that, the resource and the incredible organization that Charleston Black Pride is. Um, I definitely am so grateful for you and all of your hard work, and I'm proud of you. If no one else tells you that, Kim is proud of you. Yes. Um, so I definitely appreciate it. Um, again, if anyone is listening, make sure you go support and go donate to Charleston Black Pride. Help this organization be the incredible figure that it's already in a position to be. Thank you. <laughs> so, Yes, so thank you so much again, Gina, for joining us. I'm so grateful for your time. This has been an awesome, awesome, awesome episode of Exquisite Conversations. Thanks for tuning in. Support the show and Exquisite Radio at www.exquisiteinternetradio.com.